Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Okay. I know, it's that simple. It's that simple. <laughs> it really is. Um, I guess I always feel like it, the best way to start is, hi, my name is Robbie and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Robbie. You know, that uh, yeah. feels the most natural, which is strange, you know. Three and a half years ago, the first time I said that in, one of the, in a room, I've never had something more natural come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Especially when you, you, know, you hear the words, you know, that... Powerless. Mm-hmm. The words that come in those first couple of meetings that hit home, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I can't believe somebody wrote this about me so many years ago. <laughs> How'd they know? Yeah. And you know, in the beginning, I used to, I used to introduce myself as, you know, an addict and an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But you know, once I got the alcohol out of the system, and mm-hmm. it was crazy that I didn't do as much blow. Yeah. It kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. You know. So it was. One of the things that I dropped, because once I realized, like, no, my problem truly was alcohol. Mm-hmm. It was the alcohol that got me into all the other trouble and yeah. took me down the roads that I didn't mm-hmm. want to go down, but were, were inevitable. Yeah. Right? Uh, I totally understand. That's where I come from, too, right? Is uh, everything else came after getting drunk. Exactly. Yeah. So once I put the drinking down, everything else kind of fell away, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It was a domino effect. It was nice. Yeah, you totally. know, that, that doesn't happen usually in a good way. Usually the domino effects are the bad <laughs> way. So it's nice to right. a nice, good one every now and then. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I've, I've started just saying that I'm spiritually sick, emotionally ill, and often wrong. Mm. I found that was one of the sayings that really stuck, stuck in my mind. Can you say that again? I love that. Spiritually sick emotionally ill and often wrong often wrong man that's that's nice you know it was one of the first things my sponsor had me write down in my big book Mm -hmm. and every time i opened it up i'd see it and i'm just reminded Mm -hmm. and i think the for me analogies stories proverbs they all work with my mind um later on in life i found with my dyslexia that the reason why these things work best is it's, it's, a, it's a story that's the same every time. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear the same telling of the same story. My favorite one is the farmer story. Um, Chinese farmer one day has his horse run away. All his neighbors come over and are like, oh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. He's like, maybe. Next day, the horse comes back and he brings back 10 wild horses with him. All the neighbors come out and they're like, oh my God, you're so lucky. Mm-hmm. He's like, maybe. 
Next day, his son goes out to try to break one of these horses. The horse bucks him off, breaks his leg. All the neighbors are to the, the farmer. That's the horrible news. The farmer's like, well, maybe. Then the next day, the conscription officer comes through town, signing up men for, to go to war. But because his son's leg is broken, he doesn't get signed up. And the, all the neighbors go, such good luck. Mm -hmm. And the, neighbor goes, the farmer goes, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that sticks to me because I, I just don't know what life's going to bring me. Mm -hmm. you I know, love you that story. It gives me goosebumps. I'm sorry. I just yeah, and this one always just me. sticks with me because <laughs> you just don't know where, what this road brings you down. And, you know, I've heard people saying, I've said it myself, I wish I would have done this earlier. Well, mm -hmm. if I would have done this earlier, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm -hmm. If I would have traded to the path, the path wouldn't be the same. So I have to be grateful that I'm here. Mm -hmm. I always use the word universe or force myself when I talk to other people. Mm -hmm. I feel it hits their ear better. Yeah. Um, it has I'm, a softer touch than God, right? Yeah. Or something like and that. And you know yeah. what? For myself, I know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I have a, you know, at a young age, I had a good relationship with God. I was allowed to question spirituality. I was allowed to question God. I was allowed mm -hmm. to question stories in the Bible. So that in, strengthened my spirituality as a child. Mm -hmm. That strengthened my curiosity to find out about religion. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a house of spirituality, less in a house of organized religion, which I didn't know was a blessing. Going to Sunday school every Sunday mm -hmm. with the ability to ask questions. You know, so... Most of the time, it was a great day. Story time, no big deal. Then the Bernie Bush comes along, and I go home, and I'm like, there's a little bit about the Bernie Bush today. Mm -hmm. What is that all about? And so I was lucky that my mom was like, yes, you can question things, but you come home and question with me. Mm -hmm. Somebody sitting beside you might take this as the truth, and you don't want to offend them. Mm -hmm. So from a young age, I knew that my beliefs are, are my, my beliefs. That's quite a lesson to give you, right? Like to give yeah. a young person? You know, it was nice because... Yeah. Later on in life, I found out that my background as a uh, Inuk person, an Inuit person, mm. is the spirituality of the creator. You know, I found it was really interesting, like the more I'm getting into my heritage is finding out why I have a strong spiritual genes in my body. Mm. I, come from, I come from a group of people whose spirituality over the last couple hundred years of horrific things have not been shaken. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting to grow up with spirituality other than organized religion. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel really blessed and lucky that I got to experience life in a loving, caring, spiritual mm -hmm. God. Not a God that was ran down my throat, was told I was evil, sinning, everything that mm -hmm. was wrong. I grew up from a young age knowing that if you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. Mm -hmm. I found that strange in the world of growing up that I grew up that because I didn't get a lot of forgiveness from anyone else. Mm -hmm. So if there's one person that could give me forgiveness, you know, that was, that's all I could ever hope for. Mm -hmm. And later in life, I found out other crazy things. You know, I found out that I come from a family of AA. My grandfather, I never, none of us grandchildren ever saw him drink. The first grandchild was born, he stopped drinking, he went to AA. We didn't discover this until much later in life, until I got into the program. And then mm -hmm. my mom was like, well, you, of course you are. You look at your grandpa. He's such a strong member in the, in the program, mm -hmm. in the fellowship. And I had no idea. I had no idea that he took 
all my good uncles, the ones that had their shit together, mm -hmm. he took them to AA. He took them through the program. Mm -hmm. Any shithead uncles that were still doing it, mm -hmm. he, he didn't judge them. Nobody, it wasn't even a bad thing. They're just who they were. Yeah. So I feel it skipped a generation, so I got it, which means my grandchildren will probably have it, which I get to be happy that my child watched mm -hmm. me be a shithead through his early years and went, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to rebel against that. Mm -hmm. And that's really all I can really hope for, for the stupidity of my young parenting will benefit mm -hmm. them later. Mm -hmm. That's all I can ever really hope for. You know what? I started drinking like everyone else in small towns at 14. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was a time where I could have a drink and I could stop. I didn't smoke weed until maybe grade 10. I did it once and it was dodgeball day in gym. And that was the last time I did that for quite some time. <laughs> that would be quite a trip actually. Yeah. Your first time playing dodgeball. Right. Oh, so that one, that, that was the universe kind of shocking me and going, hey, <laughs> don't be a dummy. <laughs> Dear God, no, stop yeah, throwing exactly. the balls, man. <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, I started a movie just sketching the balls yeah. flying in my head. And it, was yeah. a, it was an amazing lesson to learn. <laughs> and, you know, like the big times in my life that I can pinpoint my drinking getting big was at 15 when I found out that my stepdad wasn't actually my dad. Mm. That my actual dad was somebody I've never talked to, knew about. So blindsided me. It made sense to me why I had on my stepdad's side of family members that let off hatred towards me, mm -hmm. that I wasn't their blood. Something I didn't know why it was like that for the longest time. So 15, that was that first big one to kind of kick you. Then at 18, kind of that world shocking uh, family ending events happened. My family moved down to Calgary. We moved off the small farm. So I lost my life of a ranch kid, mm -hmm. having chores every day, six o'clock up in the morning, doing all my stuff, being constantly busy, being able to be by myself for hours mm -hmm. and in my own mind and then let my thoughts run to now that's no longer part of my life. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time uh, until somebody said to me, and this is, a, I, I know it's an unpopular opinion and I have a hard time kind of, uh, come to groups with it myself, but they say, you can be victimized, but you choose to be a victim. Mm. That's a fucking hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. I lived a good victim for some, some times about stuff that didn't even happen. Mm. I was a victim to some stuff that did happen, but I chose to sit in it. Mm -hmm. I chose to take 20 years of my life and just try to put as much booze and drugs on top of it, mm -hmm. thinking that will work. Yeah. And somehow it didn't work. Just mm -hmm. made it worse. And then in, what is it, October 2003 was the first death of my, my first cousin. The, uh, my cousins and I, we grew up as, you know, pretty close. I was distantly far away from them, but we were pretty close as people. We moved to Calgary. We all lived together. We were really tight. We felt we were like brothers. One. First one was killed on a motorcycle in 2003. Second one was killed in 2007. 2007. Mm -hmm. So those were two big ones that kind of, I didn't realize how much they kicked my ass until I looked back at it. Mm -hmm. Till I realized what happened. 
that you kind of almost have to like slow down enough, right, for it to catch up to you. To catch up, you realize. Yeah. And you know, in all that time that that was all going on, I was increasing my disease slightly. But in the industry I was in, being a hairstylist, I used the thin guys, the thin excuse, well, this is my, this is my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This is my career. I need to be out there at the clubs every night. I need to be drinking. I need to be partying. I need mm -hmm. to be dosing E and dancing at raves all night long. I got to be out there. I got to be the face of this. Before we knew what a brand was, I was a brand. And I thought I had to sell that. Mm -hmm. that, was the thin, that was a lie I told myself that this is the reason why I'm doing this. Yeah. Now I look back and I realize you know, a little more with the reasons I was doing it. Mm -hmm. At a young age, I figured out how to numb these things. I've always been a really good turtle. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can really shut down. I'm amazing at it. I can just yeah. be gone. And for, as you can see, I'm not a small guy. You wouldn't think it'd be easy for me to disappear, but I can disappear pretty quick. <laughs> and so what I found with booze and drugs, that was an easy way to trill. As I got farther and farther into it, I partied less in the bar and I would, I'd only drink at home. Mm -hmm but I was doing a copious amount of blow at home, drinking a ridiculous amount, shucking in a beer from, my, from the liquor store to home, which is only a kilometer and a half. Everything just piling on, piling on. And the worst part was, is I was living my dream. I had the dream career I wanted. I started doing hair in grade 10. I became obsessed with doing hair from a young age. Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough, right after high school, I got into it. I got into <sighs> great salons. I worked with great trainers. My brother-in-law and I started up salons. We had a great a career, an arc of a career. And so all during that, I just kept piling on booze. Mm -hmm. We used to serve alcohol in the salon that, and I would say to my clients, well, I'm not gonna make you drink alone. I'm not a savage. So it's had 11 a.m., have mm -hmm. your first beer. And just keep it going. Thinking nobody knew. I was holding it together. Yeah. Nobody knows I'm drunk. Nobody knows I'm buzzed. I'll go do a bump. Nobody will be able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. The insanity that I, that I lived in, that I thought was calm, mm -hmm. burnt through clients, burnt through relationships. And of course, it's all their problems. They can't respect my craft. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm an artist. They don't, expect, they don't respect the artistry. Right? Yeah. I'm a force of nature. I'm a mm -hmm. rainbow. You can't put a rainbow in a bucket. <laughs> you can't, though. That's true. Right? So that's what I lived <laughs> like. I was like, I am me. But it's crazy now in this last three years of sobriety, three and a half years of sobriety, I do better work than I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I show up to work every day, an hour early, if not, mm -hmm. you know, on time. I become a better artist. But I didn't think that was possible. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't think that was even an option. The best, like, absence is, makes, is the best for writing. Mm -hmm. So why would I not do that? I want to be the best writer. All the best hairstylists that do blow, well, of course I'm going to do it too. Mm -hmm. Then you find out later in life, none of the best hairstylists do it. Then they all do yoga. You'd <laughs> also assume you did yoga up until 80 and... some years old and lived a healthy life, but you're mm -hmm. like, oh, no, 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 he must be a good partner. <laughs> and so, like, in, so in my youth, though, all through my 20s, I was, I was fortunate that I got to ask questions about religion. I was really curious. 
I wanted to know, what does your religion have different than mine? Oh, wait a second, it's not different. Mm -hmm. What's so different about your religion? It's got an extra book, that's all. But I thought it was complete opposite than ours. Mm -hmm. It's not the opposite. Oh, wait, yours is just the Old Testament? What? So finding out all these religions, the similarities we all have, mm -hmm. which allows me to, when I talk God, universe, Jehovah, Allah, the force, mm -hmm. whoever, it, it makes sense to me because who am I to say that my version of God is the only God? Mm -hmm. Now, I always say in, in meetings too that because I'm built in God's image, my God has ADD. I don't need to stop a conversation. I don't need to have a linear talk with mm -hmm. him. I am all over the place. Mm -hmm. And that's the best part. My God doesn't mind if I swear. I can say fuck as much as I want. Mm -hmm. he doesn't, it doesn't hurt his soul. He, is, he loves me no matter what. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice reassuring thing, you know, that I can be as manic in my brain as I can be. And he still gets it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember hearing at a younger age that when you're stressed out, your brain doesn't need to breathe if you scream inside your brain. Mm -hmm. You can scream as long as you want. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so everything that I do in my head, I can, I can push it as far as I want to. Mm -hmm. So that was like little things like that that were, made me feel better. So I can rant on to God for one long sentence that lasts 15 minutes without a breath in there. Mm -hmm. And he just goes, okay, takes it on. Mm -hmm. That's a nice feeling. Because I've never had that with any other human where I can speak at full mm -hmm. pace. Yeah. Maybe some British people and some Australians, I can speak mm -hmm. at full speed. Yeah. I talk fast, I move fast. I've always been, had my balls busted about it, you know, felt mm -hmm. bad about that because a lot of people have a hard time understanding me. British people are like, oh, thank God, I don't have to slow down with you. Mm -hmm. So I started appreciating what I, who I am. And then so the, the other things too is the disease just kept, it, allowed, it took me farther and farther away from God. It's, I always said when I was younger, JC was my co-pilot. Mm. I lived with that because at a young age, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior into my heart so I knew I was going to heaven. Words that I said that made me feel comfortable mm. with my relationship with God. Gave me a false sense of, of uh, you know, accomplishment. Very, very comforting, though. Very comforting. Yeah. Later in life, I just thought I could be the biggest shithead I ever wanted to be. <laughs> and uh, that's a beauty. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. JC's good with me. Yeah. He's my co-pilot. Got my back, man. And then mm -hmm. when I kind of come out of the fog and start cleaning myself up, I realized he wasn't even in the front seat with me. <laughs> I got that guy locked in the trunk doing what I want to do. JC wasn't even around. But as soon as I popped him out of the trunk, we're back to good again. No grudges held. Mm -hmm. So I'm lucky that that is my outlook on who my God is. I do wish that, I'm, that there would be a version of the big book with a small g. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be an interesting thing. I think so too. I think that now, I, all I can think about now is to the wives, that section, I'm just like, whew. Yeah, you gotta that, change that. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I, I can, you can get away with a he or her in there, mm -hmm. most stuff, certain things, but to the wives hit me weird too because I've never I've been in a standard role of a husband. Mm -hmm. I've had a 
very successful wife who's a hairstylist, who is amazing in what she does, who I, I was allowed to ha work less and be with the children more, mm -hmm. which is a very big role reversal than what mm -hmm. North American society we've always had. So I was lucky that I get to have time with my kids. At the time, I didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. I drank through it all. We would have, we would have daytime drinks with the neighbors, and then get too buzzed up and not be able to go drive, pick up the kids, and have figures. Like all these things. My, my, through all that, though, what I think all I can focus on is that all I have is dad guilt. Mm -hmm. That's the easy one. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine having mom guilt. That sounds like a whole other realm of pain. Mm -hmm. I like that my brain goes a million miles an hour, but comes in, goes out real quick. Mm -hmm. I don't live, linger in too much past the moment. And that's not because I'm Zen in any way. Mm -hmm. It's because my ADD is so rapid <laughs> that mm -hmm. it's just gone. It goes moment to moment. Right? Yeah. That's the beauty. You can only live in a moment when it's your brain's going a million <laughs> miles an hour. That's fair. As you can see, like I went, I went, when I prepare for stuff, like I prepare like I'm a crazy person. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've, I seriously prepare like I was doing an hour long Netflix special. Like it's just page after page. Well, technically it is like an hour long special, yeah. right? It's just not Netflix. <coughs> but you never know, it might get on there. Who knows? Who knows? And then it's, yeah. it's, so I just kept trying to write things down and I had to calm myself down because I'm like, you're going out of control. And as I was writing, I'm listening to your podcast and I'm like, this is a conversation. Mm -hmm. But of course, my alcoholic brain, all I can think is, I'm going to fuck this up. Mm -hmm. The only expectation you had from me was to tell my story. But yet, I somehow thought, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to ruin it for somebody. <laughs> they're going to know I'm a fraud. Oh, my God. I'm going to mess up somebody's life. They're going to hear something I say, and they're going to take it the wrong way. The good news is, no matter what you say, you'll help somebody. There you go. Yeah. But it's so funny how my alcoholic brain just instantly, uh -huh. even though all I do is talk all day, I've done speaker meetings. I have no problem yeah. speaking in meetings. But as soon as something like this happened, mm -hmm. that it's a little different than the norm, <laughs> it just went out of control. Mm -hmm. I had to be at the, the Garnet Room last night at the 11.30 meeting just to kind of calm my brain down. And the same thing it was great because I was in there and talked with one of the guys beside me who's three weeks in. Mm -hmm. And I was like talking about how it's been three and a half years and my brain is out of control and I can't stop it today. And mm -hmm. I'm vibrating and after the meetings he's like that's what I need to hear mm -hmm. that even though I'm into the program shit's still gonna hit the fan I'm like buddy it's yeah. still but I'm just glad I have the tools yeah and it's nice that you could be there to help him understand that right and that's and that's a whole, I yeah. feel that's my purpose life, in life now mm -hmm. my purpose is not to be the person I'm not the person who's gonna be throwing out life preservers to you mm -hmm. I'm the only person there when my when you reach your hand out my hand is there to grab mm -hmm. and pull you in yeah, for that we're responsible, my friend. Right? Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I can do. That's the only thing I can do is put my hand out mm -hmm. and hope for the best. I've always, I, I, I hate being a greedy person, but I, over the last little while, I've, decided, I've realized that I have to be greedy in this program. Mm -hmm. I can't really give a fuck about anyone else's program. I can only care about myself. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing for me because I'm, I always want to help. I always want to be well, part of- Well, especially when a part of our program is helping. Being part right? of Yeah. But you realize that you've got to be a little selfish. Mm -hmm. And I say it all the time. I'm great at taking my wife's inventory. Whew, she, would, she heard all the inventory I knew about. <laughs> Can't take my own, barely. <laughs> but it's, 
it's um, and I'm lucky too that like I have a, a spouse that's in the program. Mm -hmm. We got sober together. November fourth, two thousand eighteen, was mm -hmm. the last day that we drank, and it was on day two that her brother reached out to us and said, "Hey, we're going to a meeting today. You want to come?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It was after the last blow up, last big screaming match. I think that was the hardest part about hearing like Amber heard Johnny Depp's trial mm -hmm. was hearing those fights and knowing that we've been on those sides of the fights mm -hmm. and knowing that what the disease does. Yeah. The compassion. It was like, oh, that's hard. Yeah. I, I've been that you, asshole. It makes you ask, act crazy. Like it just makes you makes, act crazy. Yeah. So we had that big blowout, big barn burning blowout. Mm -hmm. And thank God they... Nobody pressured us. He just reached out his hand. Hey, I'm going to meet him. You want to mm -hmm. come? Yes, we do. And most people say that it took God to nudge them, get them mm -hmm. sober. God didn't nudge me. He gave me a push. Mm -hmm. He pushed me from eight feet up, and I landed flat on my back. Mm -hmm. Put myself up for 12 weeks with physiotherapy. Really messed myself up. But that's what it took. It was God not going, hey. It took him going, hey. Uh -huh. Dunk. Yeah, you Wake don't up. seem to be understanding the tap, so I'm yeah, going to yeah. have to kick you. Yeah, I gave him a little <laughs> tap. He must have been tapping for a long time. <laughs> Took a good swift kick in the ass for me to really mm -hmm. get it together. It's too bad it did, for it sure. Does, you know, yeah. But once again, if it didn't, then I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. I walked away from it, the best case scenario, I walked away. Mm -hmm. I was alive, I wasn't paralyzed, I was sore, messed up for a long time. It's still mm -hmm. the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. Could have went a lot worse real quick. Yeah. So in that moment when I was like, oh, okay. My mom's prayers are still working. Mm -hmm. My <laughs> nightly prayers, I'm still in them. I can tell. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what it took for us to, then that weekend I thought, oh, you know what? I'll just drink a ton. I know that if I drink a bunch and I smoke a ton of weed, then I'll cough so much, I'll slam my back into place, I'll mm -hmm. be fine. No, that didn't work out, mm -hmm. surprisingly. But coming into these rooms did. That first time of just sitting there, seeing what other people had. It's the most cheesiest cliche when you're looking at it like, I want what they have. Mm -hmm. But you look at that mm -hmm. and you're like, but how are you happy? No. I always, I'm always entertained by the thought of if any of our family heard our stories that we talk about in these rooms, mm -hmm. they would never stop crying. They would just start crying and never stop. Mm -hmm. But we can laugh at them. We can giggle our asses off. Yep. What is it here? I think it was uh, laughter is to shame is what grief or crying is to grief. Mm -hmm. I love that. Laughter is to shame what crying is to grief. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's what we do in, our, in these rooms is we don't, we're not shamed by it. We all, if we are, we try to not be, right? We, we try, try to, to work through it, it and know yep. that it's okay, that you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy feeling to know that we're in those rooms that you can just say anything. Mm -hmm. I, my home group is Glenmore. My family group is Go For It. Okay. Bonus. I call it my family group because I'm there at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. I, I just find it much my zen. It's so funny that in the beginning of the program, when they're laying it out what you need to do, I was like, oh, I'm going to tweak this. Oh, calm it down. Like, this is an old <laughs> book. I'm going to tweak a little here, tweak a little there, do a little this, do a little that. Mm -hmm. And when I did all my tweaking after two years, it turned out it was the exact program that they wanted me to follow. Mm -hmm. 
but it took me two years of tweaking it to get it to the right program, which is the exact same as they wanted. That's right. You know what, the workout, you know that when they talk about working out for two weeks does nothing, you gotta work out for the rest of your life, you gotta work mm -hmm. out for a longer period of time. That never made sense to me, I didn't care about that. Mm -hmm. This is the first time where I consistently do something. Yeah. I'm there most Wednesdays and Thursdays. It's my favorite way to start the day. Probably the only rooms that I don't feel anxiety going into. Mm -hmm. One of the things that like, I don't talk about a lot is the amount of anxiety that I actually still have. Mm -hmm. I have my, like, when I told my doctor this, she was quite shocked though, but I had my first panic attack at 8.15 which is 15 minutes after my the meeting, mm -hmm. or 15 minutes before I go see the first person in the shop. Mm -hmm. And I have a panic attack about every hour before every single client. Mm -hmm. I'm great at masking it. Nobody ever knows. Mm -hmm. But it's shocking when people I, well, you talk about it. Because mm -hmm. for the longest time, I thought that was normal. Yeah. Well, it was your normal, right? Yeah. yeah. That was my normal. Yeah. Just like I didn't know that after you eat a meal, you're not supposed to curl up in a ball and cry and yourself to sleep and like have to sleep it off. <laughs> That's processing food. Then you find out, oh, you're yeah. not supposed to feel like that when you eat? It's less oh, desirable. Oh, maybe you're not supposed to eat bread. <laughs> no, 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 I'm like, you're not understanding me. Like when you eat a sandwich, you got to sleep it off. That's digesting. <laughs> then you find out, no, that's not the way it's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> so many things that we normalize, it's shocking when it comes mm. out. Well, because it takes discipline to do other things, right? Like it takes discipline not to go to have a nap after a turkey dinner. Like right, it takes exactly. Discipline. And most of us don't want to do that when it comes to turkey dinners. <laughs> so, the, for, so for myself here, I think the, like, the, the biggest thing for, with my marriage, with my family, all this kind of stuff that I dreamt of since I was a kid having, I didn't, I didn't recognize that the shine had worn off. Mm -hmm. Not until somebody explained that to me. I was like, that's why I can, cause mm -hmm. I, we had our, right after we got married, there was, you know, shit happened. Uh, you know, so it's a roller coaster of happy, mm -hmm. sad, happy, sad. And it wasn't, you would think that I would only celebrate, but I drank, drank my sorrows and I celebrated. Mm -hmm. I used any excuse. Just like if you're watching a hockey game, no matter what you're drinking, you're winning. Yeah, you're, winning or losing. You're celebrating drinking your sorrows. It don't yeah. matter. I can find a reason for it. <laughs> then we had our first kid and that, you know what? That was honestly the only time I've been sober pretty much my whole grown up life was when I was pregnant. During our first kid, our second kid, I wasn't. Yeah. During our second kid, I, my wife was like, no, you can drink. Mm -hmm. And it just, all it took was that little bit of a leeway and it was mm -hmm. on. Well, my first kid came along and I started drinking more. And then I, more guilt. Mm -hmm. Fucking hated it. Why am I such a loser? Mm -hmm. Second kid comes along, even more. Can't shake it. Blame it on the stress of having kids. Blame it on this, blame mm -hmm. it on that. Not realizing that the disease was in me. It had taken a strong hold. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was the thin guys of I still have a job. We still have a roof above our head. Mm -hmm. I haven't done blank. I haven't ended this. Mm -hmm. I haven't. So I had a million reasons. Yeah. Well, I haven't hit rock bottom. You know, I, 
I just didn't know I didn't start di stop digging yet, mm -hmm. right? And the, the biggest thing is I didn't realize I should have said I hadn't hit rock bottom yet. Now it's a big one when somebody said that, when it's like, I heard that in me and I was like, yet, that's like, mm -hmm. ooh, that means that word, there was one coming. Yeah. A bigger one than the one I was digging through. Mm -hmm. That's when you hit rock worse. bottom and I go yeah. like, oh, it's not so bad, I can chip this out. Because <laughs> they're fucking quitters. Mm -hmm. Tap, 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 <laughs> keep going. But that shine wore off of the family. Mm -hmm. And I, and I didn't know what that's what it was until in one of the meetings when I heard that, it just hit me so hard. I was like, oh, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And I always thought when I heard that before shine worn off, I thought that was on other things other than your family. Yeah. I didn't know that could happen to your family. I didn't know that could happen to your dream. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was mastering my career. I was teaching which was um, which, what I'm super passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, cutting hair, the actual act of cutting hair is one of my favorite things to do mm -hmm. as an artist. Very few arts, you can create a piece of art every hour and sell it. So as yeah. an artist, I feel super blessed that I get to do that. But it's, it's the same thing. I just kept trying to ruin it, trying to burn it up. And to the point where I actually blew my career up, where my brother-in-law, who's given me a career and helped me out and everything, we've been so close together for so many years and went through all the hell of opening stuff. I just kind of burnt it to the ground. I went, fuck you. You, you owe me this, or I deserve that, mm -hmm. or I can't, believe I, I can't believe I'm not getting this. Mm -hmm. I just burnt it to the ground, walked away. John Woo style, fucking threw a match in there. <laughs> Doves flew out, boom. I haven't over. heard a John Woo reference in a while. Exactly. That's what <laughs> nice. I think of. Uh, like the John Woo, my life just blow it up. Mm -hmm. And it took me the finishing spirals of 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 the disease. Luckily, after we're at the end of it, I got back into my career. I got back mm -hmm. to what I was passionate about. And I, and I thoroughly thought the world owed me what I'm passionate about. They deserve to know that I'm passionate. They deserve to pay for my passion. Mm -hmm. Oh, that passion is actually such a small sliver of what people really want. They want that full meal deal. They're not smelling like fucking booze and not mm -hmm. missing a, like everything else that I, that yeah. I didn't realize I had blown up. The practical stuff the that practical just kind stuff. of falls away. Right. Yeah. And at that time I had, I had such an ego that I thought everything in good in my life, I did. Mm -hmm. Everything horrible in life, the universe is just trying to ruin me. Mm -hmm. Can't take me down. Once again, back in the program, somebody drops that truth bomb on you mm -hmm. that all good things in your life are the universe putting it in there and everything horrible in your life is by your own doing. Mm -hmm. Shit, life got a lot easier when I just tried not burning it down at every corner. It's amazing what that change will do, hey? Right? Yeah. And I didn't even realize I was trying to blow it up as much as I was. Mm -hmm. I thought I was still killing it. <laughs> well, you think it's justified, right? Just for the fine. longest time, yeah. But come that November, that November, it woke me up. Mm -hmm. Thank God it did. And like I said, thank God my wife and I are both on the same page. That we were both just like, mm -hmm. all right. We're a bit competitive, so there's a bit of competitive edge in there that we're both going to win. But... Mm -hmm. Well, you're both winning, so that's what matters. We're both winning. We're both supportive. Yeah. 
I'm really trying not to take her, her like clean her side of the street. Mm -hmm. And I try not to dump my shit off my side of the street on mm -hmm. hers. It's easier said than done sometimes. It's easier said than done. Yeah. She's had to tell me stuff is none of my fucking business. Yeah. Which is exactly what I need to hear. Right on. I can't, if someone says, you need to not worry about that. I'm not going to hear that. Mm -hmm. Someone tells me it's none of my fucking business. I mm -hmm. hear that. It's hard to miss that one. It's hard to miss that one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really fortunate that she's understands the lows of the program, the, the defect of fear, how much it runs my life, mm -hmm. that I'm not angry with the kids. I'm just afraid. Yeah. Fear. So it allows my kids to look at me and go, hopefully I'm not a complete asshole. Mm -hmm. He just has a ton of fear. Yeah. And that's all I can hope for is that they will someday realize really what, hopefully I realize it before they do, mm -hmm. but it's that defect of fear. I'm, it's, it's a big one for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize how big it was. Mm -hmm. You share that one with a lot of us. Right? Yeah. Fear is a And then bitch. you think that, then you hear somebody say fear is, or bravery is not, is not being afraid. It's being afraid and doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. Little things like that. Like all these cheesy lines that we hear that you blow off. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready to hear it, it's just the universe puts it in there. Like, okay, that's what I needed. That's what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. So I'm really fortunate that I have a good support system around me that understand that I turtle, that sometimes I do vanish for a mm -hmm. bit, even though I'm sitting, I can be sitting right across from you and not even really be there, mm -hmm. which is horrible. But it's first step is acknowledging it, mm -hmm. right? And I really just hope that like, this will give our, if nothing else, this will give our kids tools. Mm -hmm. Just by hearing us talk about this openly, and we're not shy about it. Mm -hmm. I got pulled over through a check stop a little while ago with my son and uh, going up to Chestermere. And the cops like, How, have you had anything to drink tonight? I'm like, 1,250 days. He's like, really? I'm like, super proud. Mm -hmm. And then drove through, dropped him off, come back. And I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, it's 1,253. So I stopped. Like, I lied, 1,253. And he's like, you know what? He stops traffic. He's like, you know what? It's amazing that you admit that in front of your son with no shame, mm -hmm. that you said that to me with not even a lick of shame or doubt or anything mm -hmm. in your eye, you just said to me with pride, I'm 1,253 days sober. Mm -hmm. He goes, that's amazing that you can say that in front of your son. Yeah. I didn't even think of it like that. I was just being dumb and just being like, mm -hmm. oh, what? But it's true. But it's true. Takes the shame out of it. Takes the shame off it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, you know, like, there's a lot of things I, I'm shameful of. You know, when you think about it, you're shameful of and you all these terrible memories and stuff. And it came, came out that I didn't realize how much of it was made up in my mind. <laughs> that could be a kick in the pants. That's the thing I love, go for it. <laughs> old timers down there, old timers yeah. are kicking the nuts with the same, like, what was it? 90% uh, of all anxiety that you have is created up in your mind. Mm -hmm. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, I love making stories up. Mm -hmm. Started thinking back about how many friendships I would have stopped mm -hmm. 
and realizing they had no idea. Thinking they were made, mad at me, hate me, this and that. Realizing they had no idea. Yeah. I just stopped calling. So they didn't even know what was going on. They didn't on. even know. Yeah. I just ghosted them. But in my head, it went down a different route. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, it was, ah, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I can differentiate the ones that are made up in my mind. I can stop that story before it happens. Yeah. Because even yesterday, I thought, well, Dave's going to be upset because I don't know what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be all over the place. It's going to be ADD. He's going to have to edit the shit out of this. Oh, my God. It's going to be like beep, 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 beep. It's, my mind went down a million different mm -hmm. alleys. I could see that for sure. And that's why I added, and I messaged you yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it was just you going, hey, sometimes those ADD rants are necessary. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh that makes me feel better. Yeah, we're, we're all like that. We're like, whatever happens is what's supposed to happen. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a nice feeling that to come into a room like this and just walk up the stairs, feel comfortable, sit down. And it was like we've known each other forever. Right. Yeah. I talked to you like twice on. Yeah, text. Text. Yeah. Yep. But that doesn't happen very often in a world where two complete strangers mm -hmm. get together. And because there's that sliver of likeness that we've gone through, mm -hmm. it means a world that we can be open to each other. Right. right? It's amazing, man. It's amazing. Yeah. I think it's amazing that I can sit in a room beside an evangelical Christian and an, and an atheist on my other side, and there's not a single argument. Mm -hmm. that, I've never heard that ever. We've all hung out with our aunts that are trying yeah. to outrelize each other. <laughs> I'm more Christian than you're Christian. I'm more spiritual than you. Yeah, God, <laughs> I love God way more than you love God. Yeah, your God sucks. Mine rules. Right? <laughs> so we grew up in a world where that's where our aunts do. That's yeah. what our aunts try to do. So <laughs> sit in a room where... Your God might even have the same name as my God. Mm -hmm. And then we can still be friends. Of course. We can still have like shared mm -hmm. dreams, goals. That doesn't happen anywhere in the world. No, it's pretty hard to find it. And especially with a group of hot messes we are. <laughs> right? And I think that's great because there's this hot mess head cases that hot we mess are. Hot head cases. Yeah. But the, I just find the love that we find in these rooms, there's like nothing on. I've ever had before. Mm -hmm. I've never experienced it anywhere else. So, right? Yeah. The openness you can have, mm -hmm. the openness to kind of ramble on for 10 minutes and then go, I don't even know what I just said. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's mm -hmm. all I need to hear because I'm the same way right now. Mm -hmm. I've been into meetings before when they're like, would you like to share? I'm like, you know what? My brain hasn't stopped. I didn't even, I haven't heard, nope, I didn't hear the video reflection. Nope, I didn't hear what the three topics were. Mm -hmm my mind only stopped when you said my name. Mm -hmm. And there was no judgment. Could you imagine if you did that anywhere else in the world, just not paying mm -hmm. attention at all, and somebody's like, your name, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What were we talking about? I was zoned the fuck out. Yeah. And it happens all the time in the meetings, right? Right. Where someone, someone gets called and they just go, I wasn't paying attention. Can you ask somebody else? <laughs> right. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. It, and the, which is from a society where you throw up your hand in, high, in school and you have, don't mm -hmm. have the right answer and they're like, wrong. Mm-hmm. We are a society that does not put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. I try to, when they say who wants to share first, I try to like put myself out there and be the first to share to try mm -hmm. to rip that bandaid off because this is the year I'm putting myself out there more. I'm raising my hands when they're asking yep. for temporary sponsors. I am doing speaker meetings. I said yes to a podcast that I was really no idea what it's going to be like. Totally. Because I want to... I want to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. 
this is a nice place to be in because everything in my life, I get from A to B as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. And I need to learn how to get from A to B the fastest. And if I can't get there the fastest, then I'm failing. Not mm-hmm. even failing. I never use failing as much as I disappoint myself. Mm-hmm. And now I know that at three and a half years in, I'm barely scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. I'm just learning about this. I went through the program with my sponsor, mm-hmm. which was shocking that my wife actually thought I stopped after step four because I was so obsessed with everything up to step four that when I did my step four, I stopped talking about my program because mm-hmm. I wasn't obsessed with it. Yeah. I actually just got to do it. So she's like, oh no, you and Bill stopped after step four. I'm like, no, we did them all. Mm-hmm. She's like, I didn't hear about it. She's like, I'm like, oh, I guess I just stopped obsessively talking about it. Yeah, because some of that pressure was gone. The pressure right? was gone. Yeah. I feel... And so this is the year I'm trying to put myself out there a little bit more. I did... The first time I've ever reached out to anyone in the program was a couple of weeks ago. One of the, one of the guys in my group, Guy... I feel he's my spiritual opposite. He is so calm and Mm. zen, and every word is so well thought out. And I say to him all the time, guy, you're the one I need in my life. I need you close by, like you ground me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a trigger day, a trigger day on forgiveness. Mm. I spiraled, and I was like, reach out. Mm -hmm. Never done it before, never reached out. I don't call people. Mm reached out, opened up my phone to contacts. His phone was load, his phone number was loaded and ready to go. I said, Jesus, the universe can't make it any more obvious. <laughs> and I just hit send. And a ring and a half later, he picked up. Hey, Robbie, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And just unleashing what, my, what I was feeling. And the simplicity of his answer of, why well, have you tried the serenity prayer? Mm-hmm. Accept the things you cannot change. Oh shit, what? The one I say every day? I forgot mm-hmm. about that one. Yeah. When you say something every day, it loses its meaning sometimes. Well, we forget how powerful it is. You forget. Yeah. Courage to change the things I can mm-hmm. with my teenage son. That happened and I was like, I, have, I can change this. Mm-hmm. I can be part of the change. I have to have the courage to do this. Mm-hmm. My spiral with, with Guy was something that was in my childhood that the guy has been dead for however long, everything's been taken care of, all this. But it just spun me out of control. Mm. Sent me for a loop. The serenity to accept things I cannot change. The first line, that's all I had to recite. And it just shook me again. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that mindset, you forget about the simplicity of what you've been working on. And that's why it's so nice having a sponsor that you can reach out to. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I thought my sponsor was the only one I could reach out to. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you were allowed to reach out to other people until one day in the meeting, someone's like, you know, you can put extra boosters on your rocket. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're speaking my language. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I was like, that three leg stool, that shit don't mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Extra boosters on my rocket? Yeah, okay, I need more boosters. Mm-hmm. I can add as many boosters as I want to my rocket. What? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So I started adding more boosters to my rocket. People in the program, clicking them on there. Mm-hmm. The more the merrier. More the merrier. Yeah. 
And I know now that I get to be boosters for other people's rockets. Precisely. People that I don't even know are booster to. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a book that we have, it's called The Daymaker. And it talks about, it's a hairstylist talking about having a shitty day at work mm -hmm. before you went to work. Went and going, I fucking hate my job. Hate these bitches. Can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. But he's like, stop being a baby, go to work. I'm mad. I'm paraphrasing. But he was, mm -hmm. went to work, had a great day. Killed it. Great clients all day. Next day he comes in, phone call from his client from the day before. And she said, yesterday I came in for a blow dry because I was going home to kill myself. Because nobody in my life loves me and I have nobody in my life that I care about or cares about me. But I forgot about you. I forgot about, and I sat in your chair. We talked about everything in my life. We talked for an hour. I forgot about you. So that shook me. I'm like, I don't know what kind of day I can be. Mm -hmm. I, I can be an asshole easily and ruin people's days. But I can be a, some sort of beacon of light and make somebody's day better. Mm -hmm. That's some power. So, you know, I, I always had the, the outlook of just trying to make people's days better. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of my career. My job is just making people feel better about themselves, cutting mm -hmm. their hair. That's beautiful. That's what I get to do. Mm -hmm. The, my sponsor. That's the one thing I'm with mm -hmm. my sponsor. We're on a different journey. I haven't got to talk to him in a while. Mm -hmm. And of course, my brain for the first time went, well, he's dumping me. Mm. My brain didn't go to what could be possibly going on in his life. Yeah. What could possibly have shooken him. Mm -hmm. I was just like, how dare he abandon me? And then when I found boosters, I'm like, oh wait, I can have my main rocket and when he ever my main rocket's back online, mm -hmm. we're good. Yeah. Like I don't need to worry about my main rocket. Yeah. I'll get all my boosters around. But I know that as everything else, I'm not doing it my full potential. I'm not. I raised my hands to be a temporary sponsor at Go For It with everyone there who has 30 some years like mm -hmm. sobriety. It's the easiest room to, to raise your hand. It's a good one. You know, Practice. Scarborough, mm -hmm. I'm going to get caught in that one. I'll raise my hat. Somebody's going to ding me and wake up and be my sponsor. Mm -hmm. so, um, you know. so I know that I'm still half-assing stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm good at half-assing stuff, I guess, but I just want to be better than that this year. I want to start being better and better. And mm -hmm. Start whole-assing it. Start whole-assing it. Mm -hmm. I want a chair meeting. Yeah, why and not? I know I can, and I know I, I, I just got to, all I got to do is write my name down. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. <laughs> but of course, in my brain, I'm like, what happens if I chair the meeting wrong? Mm -hmm. What happens if someone's sitting in there and they have way more sobriety than me and they realize I'm doing it wrong? Mm -hmm. the, the doubt. And I know mm -hmm. when I'm done and I'll be like, oh, that was such a good feeling. Everything else, like, it takes that three years to do it, 30 mm -hmm. seconds to actually do it. Yeah. It was the easiest thing you've ever done. This same thing, old timer down at mm -hmm. Go For It told me, Procrastination is like masturbation. You're only fucking yourself. Mm -hmm. And that one was like, yep. So that's every time I try putting stuff off, I'm like, hey, you're only fucking yourself over. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I don't still procrastinate. I'm great at it, but at least now I can recognize when I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's with this, what this program has helped me is more recognize, pinpoint things that I want to work on a little bit more. Mm -hmm. During my height of my alcoholism, 
we spent a fortune on Dale Carnegie, mm. Tony Robbins, every self-help book I could ever read. Yeah. But somehow I didn't think of stop drinking. <laughs> I would have gone mm. into these self-help guru classes probably without sleeping. Mm -hmm. Bit of a nosebleed. But I'm supposed to become Zen and become a better person at the end of all this. And I was appalled that I didn't get anything out of that. Mm -hmm. I just think of all these things our moms told us when we were babies. If we would have just listened, we probably would be a lot better off than we were. But we just, it took us to pay money to have somebody else sell us. Mm -hmm. It took us to burn our lives to the ground almost to go into a room to have people tell you the exact same things your mom was trying to tell you. Mm -hmm. Don't be a dick. Be nice. Yeah, be nicer. Be nicer. <laughs> don't steal. Yeah, don't steal. Don't hurt people. Be right? nicer. And I, you know, I, I used to say, oh, I don't do that stuff. I was still mm -hmm. stealing. I was still nickel and diamond. I was still scamming. But I, I lived that lie. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I don't have to lie as much in my life. Mm -hmm. Right? I want to say that I'm 100% truthful, but that's another lie. Yeah, because we try to be, but I, I think there's be. parts we don't even know we're lying, right? right? Like, yeah. There's lies that you don't even realize you tell them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my big bad stories of all this time, they could have went so much worse. Mm -hmm. And now looking back at that, I'm like, ha. I, I had to be in my mother's prayers every night mm -hmm. for me to skim by the things I've done, to be pulled over the amount of times I've been pulled over, mm -hmm. the amount of times I did drugs from a guy got off the street. In Montreal, I'm going to a train station to get a blow because I don't know, I didn't want some. Mm -hmm. But I survived that. So yeah, I'm in my mom's nightly prayers, obviously. Right on. Right? Mm -hmm. JC's still in there somewhere hanging out with me. Something's going on in there. Something's going on in there. <laughs> Something good. That's the thing. I don't even know where I'm at and even in, in like the rambles. It's all good. He's all over the place. Exactly where you need to be. Exactly where I need to be. Yeah. You're talking about your boosters and... The boosters, yeah. So I think now that, like I said, my family group... Mm -hmm. I get to start off my Wednesdays and Thursdays with a real hug mm -hmm. from so many of these people in my group. Yeah. And we don't half-ass one arm at, we're no bro hugging. It's a heart-to-heart, -heart mm -hmm. real hug. And we have one old guy there that I giggle because he's a, gr he's a grumbly old dude. And I force my hugs on him. <laughs> and I tell him all the time, like, you're getting one of my hugs. I'm forcing upon mm -hmm. you. And he giggles, he knows. But the, even for that, for us to find a group of people that we're all searching for that connection of mm -hmm. just a real hug. Yeah, just people that care about us a little bit. Right. Right? Yeah. And I like it going to that meeting because I get called, they call me the young guy. Mm -hmm. I don't get called the young guy very often anymore. <laughs> so that's a nice one. Yeah. But I love the, the years of sobriety in that room. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's right next door to Simon House. Well, yeah, that's right. So we get a lot of the uh, young guys in there. Yeah. I love hearing a 24-hour story. Mm -hmm. the, the hope, the, just the joy of mm -hmm. being at 24 hours in. Yeah. It's a pretty incredible time. Pretty incredible. My 24-hour chip is in my wallet everywhere I go. Right on. 
I feel the weirdest times it falls out of my wall and into my hand. And I'm like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Something's going to happen. I need to have this. Mm -hmm. And it usually is. Yeah. Going through the airport, getting kicked off planes because flights are delayed and all this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. people lose their minds and my chip falls out of my wallet. Oh, wait. Okay, I don't have to be as mad about this. Mm -hmm. I can really go into the program. Okay, I can, I got some tools for this now. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I would have been, how dare you make me miss my flight? Yeah. I need to get home. I need to be doing this. I need to be reimbursed. Imagine 5,000 of those people doing the same thing. Exactly. I need to get home. 5,000 right. voices, selfish. And then that time I was like, all right, I'm just mm -hmm. gonna call my buddy and we're gonna go back and go for a bike ride. Perfect. It was easy as that. Mm -hmm. That's living in the solution, right? It was There's easy. a problem, let's find fine. a solution. I mm -hmm. never, never had a, that easy of a solution come to me before. <laughs> no doubt. Normally I would have spent the rest of the day livid, mm -hmm. spiraling out of control. Trying to change what's going on. Trying to change. Yeah. Phone and customer service. I want to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. I need to know, I need this change. I need mm -hmm. to be righted my wrong. Exactly. And then what happened? I just mm -hmm. got off the plane, went into my friend's house. The next day, got on the next plane. Go through the airports, mm -hmm. slide through. You didn't have to be like embarrassed that you lost your cool. You didn't have to. Think oh about yeah, it, right? I wasn't. I didn't show up on social media. <laughs> I didn't show up on an Instagram or TikTok video. Yep. Snapping. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. And it wasn't that many years ago that that shit could have happened real easy. Mm -hmm. Oops, sorry. It's all good. I thought the funniest part about that, though, coming back through the airport, was coming across a, a customs officer asking drug questions. Mm -hmm. And I go to him, well, you're, you're just looking for drugs, obviously. He's like, well, how do you know? I'm like, well, these are drug questions. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, let's go. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, well, you obviously know the answer, so I got to question you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's do it. I'm three and a half years sober. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. And he's like, didn't you just say you got back from LA and you're in the club? The night before, I was like, yeah, I was on the club all night until mm -hmm. Tuesday in the morning. And so about a half hour into the questions of all that stuff, he gets through all the drug questions. At the end, he's like, so you can go to the club all night with your friends and it doesn't annoy you. I'm like, is that on there? He's like, no, this is for me. Okay, mm -hmm. well, yeah, I go, but, but what do you drink when you go out? Well, I drink Red Bull, mm -hmm. waters. I've had it near beer before if I needed to, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I need to. He's like, so, but your friends aren't annoying to you when you go out? No, I have a great time. Mm -hmm. And it was, if it wasn't for me busting myself, I realized asking drug questions, that I had this opportunity to answer his questions mm -hmm. really wanted, wanted to know. Can I ha have fun without drinking? Mm -hmm. Will I lose all my friends? And I said to him, I can't answer that for you. Mm -hmm. Myself? Most of my drug, my druggy friends and my alcoholic friends, we've all luckily gotten sober around the same time. Mm -hmm. A good chunk of us have gotten sober over the few years. So now my group of friends, we've slightly switched. Mm -hmm. The ones that haven't, they don't have problems. They can have it's a drink out. and <laughs> leave a half a beer on a table afterwards. Mm -hmm. What? I've never seen that happen in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so if it was all that shit for that one question of him mm -hmm. Realizing that this is an option. And you can see it in his face of like, okay, this guy can do it. I think I might be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Just that hand reaching out. 
Yeah. I didn't know how to affect somebody like that. There's no way you should be able to affect a person in passing. Oh, well. But here we yeah. are. You don't know what's gonna, who you're gonna affect. Mm -hmm. You don't know who's sto your story, who's gonna affect, mm -hmm. who's gonna hear. Especially that first couple times you come in the room and you're looking around, you're like, who's been snitching on me? <laughs> who the fuck's been recording and telling me? They all know room? my shit. Yeah, can't be somebody <laughs> tattled on me. Bastards. <laughs> and it's such a relief to realize that it's commonality. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so if we can have that little bit of a spark of light at the end of a tunnel for somebody, that's all I can ask for. Yeah. I have friends that, since I've been in the program, every time I, every six weeks I do their hair, mm -hmm. they're still in this program. How was it? Is it easy? I've been thinking about it. And my only response is anytime you're going to go to a meeting, give me a call. Mm -hmm. I don't need, I don't need to bombard them with information. Yeah. How's a God thing? It's a little heavy, right? It can be, but you can choose not to be God heavy. Mm -hmm. I use, I use the word the universe, I use force. Mm -hmm. You can use the force. Dude, I use the force all the time. Mm -hmm. The force flows through me. It's strong. Mm -hmm. and then they're all of a sudden at ease for that. Mm -hmm. So if I can be that little bit of help. Yeah. Because I remember friends that have been, like, been in a program for years. And that's uh, every time, hey, I'm, you ever want to go to a meeting, let me know. Mm -hmm. Then when I saw him in my first meeting that I came to, I don't think I've ever seen somebody so happy in my life. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I did, and I didn't know how terrified he was for us. Until mm -hmm. he starts slowly talking about, yeah, you guys were pretty crazy, and we all were crazy, and it kept going, and there's no judgment during the whole time. Mm -hmm. Which, as a person from religious yeah. families, I've never experienced judgment. Yeah. Right? Yeah which is weird for us. That's the thing, I don't, you can't call us religious, we're spiritual. Mm -hmm. As spiritual people, we don't have that. It's a totally different animal. It's a totally yeah. different animal. Yeah. I, the way I under, not so much understand, the way I describe it is, once mankind gets his hand in something, it's ruined. Mm -hmm. Spirituality, what the human soul needs, mm -hmm. organized religion, rape, pillage, plunder. Mm -hmm. Sugarcane. Great for you, great for health. Mm -hmm. Turn into raw sugar, poison. Mm -hmm. Coca leaves, great for high altitudes, chewing on them. Grandma's chewing them. Mm -hmm. We make it into raw cocaine and crack. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest killers. Yeah. Just mankind, when we get our, when we get our own devices in there, mm -hmm. it just goes bad. Which is, I feel for friends that, when they ask me about the God part, I know where they're coming from because mm -hmm. I've seen it with cousins. They're like my, like I said, my aunts are overly religious to each other. Yeah. They grew up in a house where God has rammed down them, and I see why they don't have a good relationship with with God. Mm -hmm. and how it's hard you? to, yeah, it right? would be hard to. Fucking Catholic Church, how are you gonna have a good relationship with God if you were raped as a kid by mm -hmm. one of them? How? I know of. You know, I know of people that. It doesn't matter what religion you come from, what denomination you come from, human beings get their hands and it just goes bad fast. Mm -hmm. As, in my experience, it's, been, it's usually because people choose to live out of fear instead of love, right? Like it's, it's like the difference between, you can not know stuff, 
But you can not know stuff and be loving about it, or you can not know stuff and be afraid that you don't know stuff, right? And I think when fear gets in the way, all of these like really good principles go out the window, yeah. right? Because once we get afraid, we then go e egotistical, and we don't want to lose stuff, and we want to get what we want. And but when people act out of love, which is what you're talking about, yeah. like the daily acts of like just whatever services it is we're involved in, right? Like that's how you act out of love instead of fear. Yeah. Which is also why people who do lots of service feel better. <laughs> right. I feel too like. Um, <clears throat> Before I was incompetently incompetent. I didn't know mm. what I didn't know. Yeah, of course. Now I live in a zone where I'm completely incompetent. I know I know nothing. I'm well aware of it. Yeah, I'm well aware that I've got a tax service. Yeah, and now you know, then the week coming up to this, that's what everyone kept saying to me. You just, you just speak your truth. Yeah, man. You you can tell them you don't know what you're doing. We don't know what we're doing either. It's a beauty. So, None of us are doing. Yeah, it's trial and error everywhere in life. Yeah, right. And that's a beautiful thing that as a group, we can be in this together and mm -hmm. struggle through it together mm -hmm. and no judgment. No. And not only that, not only no judgment, but whatever conversation comes out of this, somebody will find something useful. Right. Right. And that's so far, that's been my experience every time. It's like, it's like every meeting you go to for, there's that chunk of time mm -hmm. where it's been like, who's been making a meeting perfectly for me? Mm hmm. Like the last two minutes I've gone to was about uh, step seven. Okay. Remove my shortcomings. I'm like, oh my God. Right before I'm doing this, I'm like, why are you guys are talking about this? Like, geez, can I Perfect do something different? Perfect timing. <laughs> so that's what it was. It was like everywhere I went, step seven, acceptance. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, expectations. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. But it's like everywhere you go, you get something out of it. Oh yeah. You feel like these meetings are tailor-made for you. Mm -hmm. And it happens more often than not. Yeah, I, I agree. Way more often than not. Right? Mm -hmm. Some of our, we met friends in this group that we were close circles of friends. We knew we were in mm -hmm. close circles, but we never crossed paths. Good thing we didn't because we would have blown up the world probably. Mm -hmm. But in sobriety, when our stories came out, there's a lot of tears from in the room when you start looking around and you realize you're not the only parent that's fucking almost destroyed this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how it didn't get destroyed. Yeah. And only by the grace of God is your family still with you. And you look around the room and you realize, oh, there's a few of us in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, there's a few of us. Oh, yeah. Because you hear about the ones that lose their kids and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but if, if that's not your story, it doesn't hit you the same. Exactly. But then you look around and you're like, oh no, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a few of us in here that feel this exact way. Oh, yeah. There's a few of us that have had strange men come to the houses when the kids are there. Mm -hmm. Or you ran to the mom with a kid in the back, pick up. Yeah. The horribleness of the human being you were, mm -hmm. that you thought you were the only one. And then you look around and you're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is pretty common. Yeah. Which is kind of where it, that we're, you're no longer alone, right? It's, no longer alone. It's just so true. Yeah. Just think about how long we lived in the dark for during this disease. Yeah. These, in the disease, that spotlight is a very missile down mm -hmm. on you. And there's a lighter on you and there's nothing else. Yeah. And, and it's that is exactly how you feel your entire, like, yeah. I, that's how I felt my entire. Totally. And no wonder you can't find any way out because the only way, place you're looking is in the light and the light's on you. Right. 
and you're not really looking, right? right? Yeah, it's amazing. But then once we come in and we sober up, all that shit can just get like blown away over blown time, away. right? Um, just the way you're experiencing it, you right. know, is that it just happens. It and it happen. just, it's like, the, it's like the, the spotlight just starts expanding. Exactly. It starts expanding. It starts expanding. Mm-hmm. And you realize, what I realized is I was shocked how much I brought out of the disease, mm-hmm. of, of, like in my life. I, I'm still doing what I love. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm still married. Mm-hmm. Which is mind blowing to me because it's pretty wild, right? When people what we've can gone survive. through. Yeah. I know I put my wife through the ringer. I know I'm not an easy person to be around. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the facade that everyone sees mm-hmm. that I'm a super friendly, happy, all the time person, mm-hmm. that's the one side of the pendulum. Unfortunately, she gets the other side of the pendulum where that darkness hits. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I needed to recharge my batteries after I talked to people. Like, I'm going to, like, after this, I will nap. For sure. Good idea. This is a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And that's like when I get home, I need a half an hour to myself every night yeah. just to decompress. And fuck, thank God my wife knows that. Mm-hmm. That she doesn't think I'm just ignoring her or I hate her. Because that would be a horrible feeling. For your spouse doesn't want to speak to you. Well, it would be hard to take that space too, right? If you yeah. thought she was thinking that. Right? Yeah. And so I can just have a minute to myself. That, that, that's a, that's a mm. blessing that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. The ability to pause, the right? The ability to pause. Yeah. I don't have that ability. My brain goes a million miles an hour. I wish yeah. I could pause as well as my wife did. But my mind... The well, fear you're doing a hell of a job over. if you take a half an hour, right? Yeah. Because that's a hell of a job. It's just long. Very few people take that. Right. Right. And it's, uh, the other thing, too, like that's, uh, we're talking about meditation. I remember when I thought meditation was a half an hour of peace mm-hmm. and quiet in your mind. And then somebody says, are you insane? <laughs> 30 seconds is a long yeah. time to stay peaceful in your brain. Mm-hmm. Gurus do a half an hour and they do it their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not half-assed I'm going to like really meditate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think then, that's then what we all think at one point. Right? <laughs> and it tells yeah. me explains to you what meditation is, is mm-hmm. not keeping your mind quiet, but it, taking that thought acknowledging it and let it go. Mm-hmm. Once again, we thought we knew what we were doing. Of course. Then somebody explains the right way. You're like, oh, that one's easier. Okay. Yeah, okay. that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Why did I have it so complicated? Oh, yeah, because I'm a jackass and I don't know what I'm doing. Because I read one word in a meditation. Right. I'm like, I know what to do. <laughs> That's right. Right? Huh, I don't need to listen to these dummies. Yeah. I know how to do what I'm doing. How long has it been around? A couple thousand years? Yeah. The better way. Yeah. That's right. I'll perfect it. We've got it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm lucky that I have a spouse that understands that that's part of my personality. Mm-hmm. I also understand part of her personality is she is a chatter. Mm-hmm. She needs to talk. Sometimes it really blindsides me at like seven in the morning when mm-hmm. she comes out of the gate hot. But then I do the same thing to her the next morning, right? <laughs> so it's a very yeah. evened out relationship for some things. But I'm really happy that I have somebody that understands mm-hmm. my big defects. Yeah. She doesn't call me out on them. She acknowledges them. Mm-hmm. She acknowledges them usually after I acknowledge them. Yeah. 
but she should probably call me a little myself a little bit more, I think, because <laughs> I'm not, right? But I'm, I'm so blessed that she doesn't. Yeah, I think, I think that evolves, right? As people stay sober longer, that kind of calling out or whatever we want to call it just evolves, I think. Right. Yeah. And you know, during our disease, we did everything together, all our drinking, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So the first while of the sobriety, we did it together. And we still, as a team, but she has a different path. She has a different journey. She has a group of girls that I wouldn't talk to, mm -hmm. or I wouldn't know who to talk to. Some of the girls from Go For It invite her to things, but they're also moms that know how busy moms are. Yeah. So they don't pressure her. Mm -hmm. So these groups of, I don't know, like groups of friends that you never thought you'd find. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And are tighter with these people that are, they know more about you than mm -hmm. anyone else. Like I said, our family would just cry when they found out some of these stories. Yeah, it's true. Could you imagine telling your mom? Yeah, the, I can. You can. Some of the ones who like, <laughs> oh, I've seen some of the stuff. Yeah. But they don't know. I know. They don't and know. You, about, they don't have to know. Everything. They don't know about going blind on GHB and crystal yeah. meth with, Heart, with Hell's Angels in Vancouver because mm -hmm. they don't need to know about that. Yeah. It's true. Right. Yep. Those, are the, ones that, those are the ones I can share in a situation like this. And people mm -hmm. are like, well, yeah, I've done. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't most of us have gone blind at one point. Right. We all lost your sight. <laughs> Whether drinking or otherwise. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's a thing that, it's a shameful thing to say in any other room in the world. And here you get laughter. We get laughed at. We're like, yeah, that's gone, that's gone blind drinking at least once. Seriously, at least, if you haven't gone blind at least once, you're not a real alcoholic, right. are you? Right. <laughs> and I remember, I remember the height of my disease thinking that I'm going to, Oh, I know how I'll control this. I'm just going to do acid this weekend. Mm -hmm. Let's do safe. Let's get mm -hmm. off the ecstasy. Let's do some acid. We really, this is the healthy choice. Mm -hmm. The healthy choice. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> it's not mushrooms. It's not poison. Like, calm it down, people. Like, <laughs> calm down. And the reason I stopped, it was because, or oh, the reason, too, I, oh, I was, couldn't do coke because mm -hmm. I wore a hole through my nose at the time scabbed up but mm -hmm. yet that still wasn't a sign to stop or anything yeah that still wasn't rock bottom to me mm -hmm. i looked like i'd been beat up i had a hole in my face eczema yeah. scabs scars mm -hmm. but that was still acceptable i was like well i'm just gonna calm down and i'll do acid tonight how the yeah. fuck is that a normal brain thought? that's an attic brain that's for an sure. attic brain yeah because my Every, brain relates to that for sure like oh yeah 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 that's like i remember we've all done this where we're like I'll just drink beer this summer. That'll slow mm. me down. <laughs> I'm off the beer. I'm just going to stick to Jack. Yeah. Because Jack usually goes down easy, and I can't drink too much Jack. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, I'm off the Jack. I'm just going <laughs> to... The, the lies. Yeah. I'm off the Jack. Johnny Walker's much safer choice yeah, it's for super me. expensive. I can't drink as much. Yeah. Can't drink as much. That's it. Johnny Walker. <laughs> Switch it up, thinking we're killing it. I know. Kill, and thinking killing it. Yeah. Exactly. I've done nothing but Caesars all month. I think I'm healthy <laughs> enough now. I've had so much vegetables this yeah. month. Yeah, if I have one more Caesar, I'm a, I'm a vegan, I think. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I think I've become a vegan. Right? Yeah. The shit that we told ourselves oh that my was God. perfectly acceptable. Exactly, yeah. That's right. why I'm laughing. It's because I can think of all those different things, right? It's just. I like, know my Coke dealer. I'm not getting fentanyl from them. Don't worry, I know my guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know my trustworthy Coke dealer is super trustworthy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. his first name? Oh, we don't know names. Yeah, we like, don't go by names. Like, how, <laughs> how do you justify that in your brain and say that to the guy beside you? And then you were both like, 
Yeah. That makes sense. Well, to be honest with you, it does make sense because if you're in that life, yeah. you're always going to want to go to somebody you know. Right. Because when you think you know somebody, you think they're not going to hurt you. Right. But that's just a lie in that lifestyle, right? Like in that lifestyle, everyone can hurt you. Right. And if it pays for them to do it, they will. Right. Right. Yeah. It's such a nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> There's just no way to be peaceful and calm while you're trying to live that life. Too. And it's so nice being in Stampede now. Mm -hmm. I haven't fucking ran out at two in the morning looking for anything. Yeah. That's great. You haven't been caught on camera I've naked running camera. down the street. I haven't been pulled over. Yep. I haven't. I've slept every night. Mm -hmm. I haven't woke up with a taste of vomit in my mouth. It's pretty solid. That's a good day. Yeah, it's, it's a good stampede. Good day. Yeah, that wasn't stampedes of the past. Yep. Right. Well, mm -hmm. I thought I had a sleeping problem. Turned out I had a coke problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had a caffeinated problem. I can figure out why I couldn't <laughs> sleep all the time. I should probably uh, get some drugs to help me sleep. Ativan helps lots. Let's do some mm -hmm. of that. Totally. <laughs> oh wait a second! You stop staying up all night ordering eight balls at six in the morning. Mm -hmm. When the sun comes up, oh, you can sleep better? Huh, that yeah. makes sense. I wish somebody would have told me that earlier. <laughs> That's weird. That's weird. It's like science or something. Yeah. Yeah, but it goes contrary to what we want to believe because we want to keep using, right? Like exactly. it's... The, you just keep lying. Yeah. Well, I'll just take a little bit. And the elaborate stories we tell yeah, ourselves to stories. keep going, right? Like it's right? just brutal. Yeah. And the whole... When I hear the stories about people panicking about not having booze the next day... Mm -hmm. That's one of the ones that this is like a universal one that hurts still because mm -hmm. it's like, I remember that panic. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's eight o'clock, two more hours. And I don't know how it was for you, but for me, like I had, by the time when I sobered up, I came back from my first meeting and I emptied out all my booze. I had booze everywhere. Like I didn't even realize I'd hidden it everywhere, but everywhere I was cleaning found booze. Like, because it was, I, I didn't want to have that panic. Night. I felt like cocaine and vodka both went bad at the end of the night. Yeah, they told me. It was totally bad. Did. It was rotten. You yeah. got to do that all at the end of the night. You got to take care of that. It's got to be done before the sun comes up. It goes bad. That's right. It's a pumpkin. Come on. <laughs> I seriously, I, that's the thing. I never woke up at the losing house, barely. Yeah. Maybe here and there, but I put it all through. See, and I was always prepared, so I'd have some hidden yeah. everywhere. Because yeah. I didn't want to have that 8 a.m. panic, right? Yeah. Like, where, how am I going to get drunk or start drinking? And, and you, worst comes to worst, I'd just call somebody I knew that had liquor cabinet. Yeah. And he dropped me off a bottle. Yeah, that's true. Oh, hey, when you're dropping off an eight ball. Yeah. Drop <laughs> off a bottle. Yeah. Yeah, because no matter what we want, we'll get. We'll get it. We just get it. Yeah, I've never been so resourceful in my life mm -hmm. is when I wanted something. I know. Uh, drugs. I can make that yeah. I can make that shit happen anywhere. And that's why a sober life is so much harder, right? It's because you can't just do that. Like you can. You yeah. can lie, manipulate, steal if you want, but you'll pay the price right. in sobriety for sure. And it's that chase. It is nice not having that chase anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. On vacation, actually spending time on vacation, mm -hmm. going out for supper, sitting down and eating a meal, and actually sitting down and eating a meal. Mm -hmm. I can't believe how many meals I missed out on. Right? It's pretty good. Just spending time in the bathroom. Yeah. I know every bathroom in every nice restaurant in the city. <laughs> you know which ones have the nice stalls, which ones have the good locks, mm -hmm. which ones that go down to the floor, which ones have this. No idea what the food's like, but I know How's what the, the bathrooms food? are like. Ooh, shit. They make a damn good Ryan Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else? You, we pushed your food around for about an hour, paid full mm -hmm. price, took it home, let it go bad in the fridge. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it was the illusion. I can't go mm -hmm. to the restaurant and just slam back drinks. That's savage. Yeah. I'll go and have a nice meal. Mm -hmm. We'll do a bottle of wine. Triple Jack and Cokes. Because mm -hmm. they don't look as strong as what they really... <laughs> but that was the lie that I was like, we'll go for mm -hmm. supper. The amount of restaurants that I have, like you said, I have no idea what the food's like. Yeah. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Dude, what time are we at? Uh, oh, one shit. Hour and 20. That yeah. is long. I ramble. It's good. It's been a good discussion, though. Perfect. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't even know. Do you have any questions? I don't even, like... No, I think you've done... You've told your story pretty well, I think. Like, I definitely don't have questions about your story. Obviously, it's been one hell of a ride. It's been a ride. Yeah. You know, like... Like, I, I was saying, like, feel now that getting sober and getting more in touch... Oh, well, not even more in touch. More curious, reaching out to other Indigenous people, mm -hmm. finding ways to maybe insert my way in myself into the communities more mm -hmm. um reaching out to people that are doing sweat lodges because i know for myself there was a shameful side of my upbringing that i kept that hidden away that i mm -hmm. lied to people that i was icelandic for a long time mm -hmm. i wasn't going to tell them that i'm first nations because yeah. i grew up in a place where that was a hated word mm -hmm. So you grew up in Canada then? Grew up in Canada, Northern Alberta, right? <laughs> right? So it I seems grew like up, all of Canada hates First Nations. Right? I, and just the yeah. horribleness of what your best friends called you. Oh, and they I didn't can't mean, even it fucking imagine. Thing. They didn't mean it. There was, well, they didn't know it was they hateful, didn't know it was but hatred. it was hateful. Yeah. They didn't know that yeah. wagon burner was a horrible thing. Yeah, they didn't know they were perpetuating that shit. Right? Yeah. They called me half-breed my whole life. They didn't know that was a mean thing. They thought I was being nice because I'm half white. They call me, they call you half white, dude. I'm like, why are you being so upset? They call me mm -hmm. half white. And you're like, that's why I'm upset. I don't want to be half white. And that's. And have you like, met white people? Right. <laughs> and it wasn't. I thought it was. I thought. I thought it was 100 percent white until I was. Yeah. 15 until I found out who my dad was. And now we're getting a better relationship. Now I'm having relationships with my sisters. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I was. I hate to throw my mom under the bus like this. I didn't know, realize I was the, uh, the mistress's son. Mm. I didn't know that until that's why. Mm. She was the other woman. She got pregnant with me. She knew it couldn't work. He didn't even know I existed. I was mad at a guy that didn't know I existed, I existed mm -hmm. for a couple of years. Then when we started talking, I've never felt more love from a family. It's part of our culture to, to have that much family love. Mm -hmm. And then when talking to him, you know, I could feel that. Of course, I pushed it off, mm -hmm. didn't talk to him. That first phone call from my sister, who's only six months older than me, was a real wake up. What, I, what, I'd, what I'd missed out on, yeah. the family I'd missed out on. And I thought they had nothing to do, wanted to do nothing with me. And mm. I, I found out they were looking for me for 20 years. Wow. Because I changed my name when I was 18. I, when my mom divorced, I lost my stepdad's last name. And I'm like, I fucking want nothing to do with him. Mm -hmm. I just go by my middle name. So I switched to my middle name. They searched me for the wrong last name for 20 years. Wow. And I had no clue. And when I finally got a hold of them, it was emotional. Mm. I had no idea that there was this kind of love in the family. Yeah, I, my mom and my sisters, of course, we have that kind of love, and mm -hmm. I see that. But my extended family, my step, my stepdad's side, I, all I ever felt was hatred, mm -hmm. disappointment, disgust. I didn't know that there was a love side. Yeah, 
So not feeling that love, I just want to be able to be part of it. Mm -hmm. Finding out a little bit more and more about, oh, this is maybe a little more ingrained in your DNA than it is mm -hmm. purely just what you learned in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why my spirituality was as strong as it was. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, talking with family members and realizing like, I think my dad is a little weirded out when I call him. I'm like, what do we call God in our culture? Mm -hmm. He's like, creator? Why? Yeah. Because I don't think he's ever had a call like that. I've just... Yeah. And I was like... And definitely not from you. And then I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm just, I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing a talk and then I want to talk about God. Mm -hmm. But I want to know what our culture calls God. Mm -hmm. And just the, you know, preserving the land, being good to your family. Mm-hmm. All the, the simplest of things, treating the land right. Yeah. All that. It's like simplest of things. Mm -hmm. Finding out that you know, there's so much more of me that I the shame or depression or whatever other thing I use as an excuse mm -hmm. why I pushed it off and didn't wouldn't be accepted into the family. Yeah. As a grown man in my forties, I finally did it. I was like, fuck, why did I, why did I miss out on so much stuff? But then you just have to think, if not, then I wouldn't be where I am right now. That's right. And it wouldn't have meant the same it amount the same. when you connected, right? right. Yeah. When, it's pretty amazing, man. When my, when my sister met my kids, I don't think I've ever seen like, somebody cry like that. Mm -hmm. Just the joy she had, just mm -hmm. to be in the presence of two people, one, she didn't know existed. Yeah. But two, she, I don't know if she knew that she'd ever meet them. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, my family went from two sisters to seven sisters and a brother. Right on. Real quick. Yeah. And I feel blessed that that happened because mm -hmm. I thought that was a curse. I lived my entire life thinking that was a curse. Yeah. What an but, amazing turnaround, eh? Amazing turnaround. Ah, and then to find out that they've been searching for me. I Like everything about it. That made me, I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't. And that's when, you know, when I, when I started realizing I shouldn't trust my brain. Mm -hmm. That's one of the stories that came up. like, oh, okay. Good call. I told that story to myself really <laughs> hard that, well, they're not going to. Because yeah. when I found out that that's what happened, like, well, he doesn't want to play part of my life. He hasn't ever reached out to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, he, he didn't know who I was? Yeah. He didn't know I existed? It's amazing because that can, that can be such a game changer when we can recognize that our stories, a lot of them aren't true. A lot of them are just made up by ourselves. Right. right? And like once that recognition, I'm so glad you've been able to reconnect with your family. Yeah. Because when you started talking about that, the whole air in the room changed, right? Like everything. Because it's that, um, that spirituality that you felt and feel in your DNA. Yeah. But on top of that, it's that rekindling of that like connection, right? Um, I could have easily went my entire, my dad's entire life with never, never talking to him. Yeah. I could have very easily had him die and never once heard his voice. Yep. I never met your sisters. Never met my sisters. Yeah. Never have, never would have known that I have a grandma out there that has loved me for 40 some years and never once been in the same room with me. That's amazing. Like, it chokes me up still because I've had mm -hmm. her message me and I had to send my, the message to my, one of my sisters mm -hmm. and say, I don't understand any of this. Like, what does this mean? And so she translated and tell me what, and it was just beautiful stuff of like, just always knowing I was good and always knowing mm -hmm. I was there and just, just really nice things. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was out there. That's cool. And that, that was, 
humbling, mm -hmm. but great, uh, spiritually uplifting mm -hmm. to know that I spent my whole life shame of that side. Mm -hmm. And now to feel pride in that, that's a weird feeling. Well, and to feel that connection, that bond be so strong and have it be so positive, right? right? Like it's a pretty powerful thing. You know, everything I've learned over the last few years, one of the main things is, is culture is prevention, right? Like whatever a person's religion, as you mentioned earlier, religion, culture, whatever it is, if we can just get in touch with the principles of that, yeah. that reconnection can be powerful. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I enjoyed this. this Me too, fun. very much. Thank you, Matt. I'm really glad to meet you. This is great. Like, uh, I, like that's so funny. Like everything else, the thought before is the worst experience of your life. Yeah. Actual experience, the best experience of your life. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's the panic I had before of just mm. like, oh, like, like I said, how am I going to screw this up? The only expectation you had for me was to tell my story. And you did. But yet somehow I thought I, I can't do that <laughs> properly. You did great. Thank you. You did great. I really appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, Robbie. Thanks Helping for coming part in. of my journey, you guys. Yeah. You're welcome. And I always, like I always say, thank you for being part of my journey and have a good 24. It's you like, too. I like to finish that off because just have a good 24. That's all we can, that's all we can do. Yeah, what is it? Yesterday's uh, yesterday's yeah. history, tomorrow's a mystery. All right. yesterday.